Welcome, welcome everyone. Thank you, thank you again for another episode of TMFH. That's this motherfucker here. And uh, that's for and for my virgin ear listeners, that's this mofo here, just in case you are uh, very sensitive about cussing, get over it. Uh, when I say mofo and I say that lovingly and when I uh, talk about one of my best friends from back in the day, I am talking about this next guest, uh, entrepreneur, artist, actor, um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, I guess he could have been my security guard, but he's too big for that now. Give it up for Mr. Juan Carlos Emmanuel Kelly Davis. Yes, that is his full name. What's up, big boy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Mike? Mike, how are you today, buddy? Uh, brother, it is a pleasure to uh, talk to you, man. It's been too long. I have known this man for, what, over 20 years? Um, and over to, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, over 20 years, and... Uh, how many kids ago? Because me and Juan have been very, very, uh, uh, what do you call it? competitive. I mean, we compete from uh, basketball to paper football to cards, uh, and it, it was ridiculous. And we were competing in children, and Juan won in that department. Let's just put it that way. Because I got four kids. Yeah, in. yeah. I, I, I won. Uh, I had, um, you know, last time we talked, uh, and I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I told you, you know, we were up to eight kids. Yep. Uh, but but since that time, some things have changed, and and uh, you know when I looked at this strip, it you know one was it was uh, perpendicular, one line going one way and the other going the other way, so that means it was positive uh, this test, and it was a, it was a test that said I'm, I'm going to be a daddy again. Oh so my god! My oh Eight my shot. god! That is crazy, brother. That, oh, uh, so you're going to be a daddy one more time? Daddy times nine. Daddy, I'm, I'm a super oh, dad. I'm a super dad. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you, you super, all right. You super. That's something. You, your boys, <laughs> your boys are power. You got Michael Phelps swimmers up in there. I don't know what is going on up in there, man. You got some strong swimmers. Hey, congratulations again. I'm tired of saying that. I've, I've, I've said it nine years straight. This is, uh, this is almost like a dynasty you're building, which is a beautiful thing, brother. This is, uh, it's amazing. And uh, how's your beautiful wife doing? My beautiful wife, queen of the world, she's doing great. Miss Sybil Davis is just lovely. We just celebrated our uh, the 30th year anniversary of our business and uh, family super center. And we're real happy right now, man. We we don't ever have to work. We just do what we love every day with our kids. It's a wonderful thing. We have a lot of help. That's beautiful. And uh, I wanted to just pick it up uh, from there, actually. We're going to do, I'd like to get into a little background. What I like to do with all my guests, Juan, is this show is basically about uh, folks that I respect. And uh, like, it's a, an uplifting show to show folks that, you know, even though they're going through some down times, uh, tips of the trade from folks that have gone through it and have reached the pinnacle of success, such as yourself. So let's start from the beginning. Now, Juan, we went to this course, Howard University, together. We're acting we were in an acting class and Juan was a character let me tell you something right now this man uh he uh he gave me a lot of material for my com comedy routines these days and I appreciate that Juan thank you you are going to take me to Hollywood yeah and let's start out how you started out like his um his training facility or now his empire U universal martial arts was center that has changed hasn't it yeah you know universal martial arts center is one of our trade names but you know, UMAC World for short is what we go by, U-M-A-C-W-O-R-L-D, UMAC World, uh, and it stands for Universal Mastery Achievement Center because, you know, we do so much more than martial arts. We, we really are education and recreation 
motivation and transportation super center. What that means is, you know, summer camp and before and after school are what parents need in the summer and fall. But uh, not only do we have martial arts, but we have uh, sports, you know, like basketball, football, and track. And then we have music and dance classes. So we teach violin, piano, guitar, and, uh, you know, and music classes. But most of all, theater, acting, and filmmaking. You know, some of the kids want to be on a big screen and be the next Mike Estimate. Oh. You know, we're teaching the <laughs> babies how to act. And we just completed a play. We did a, uh, you know, kind of a remake of, uh, of, of Black, Black Panther. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, man, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, we, we did our own version of Black Panther, and uh, the kids kids were loving it, family loving it. It was, it was a sold-out show. We had three 300-plus people attend. It was, it was a fascinating day. Oh, that's uh, Yeah, UMAC World is what we, who we are and what we go for. That's awesome, brother. Now, the genesis of uh, UMAC World, let's start. Uh, I know I'm not going to work the whole genesis. Like I said, I know the story. So when before you came UMAC World, what was the genesis to start your business and how did you come with the, the uh, idea of how you wanted to go move in this direction to start your, your corporation? Sure. Hunger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunger. Yeah, it's true. That's true. We be starving, <laughs> man. Yeah. I remember because we used to eat a lot of ramen noodles back in the day at Meridian. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was just that. We had ambitious parents that loved us enough to get us to Howard University. But after that, we had to, we had to grow up. And, and martial arts is all I knew. Uh, but I had everything going for me except for food. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a very important. Yeah, that's true. Okay, go ahead. So with re- yeah, so with respect to that, I found out that uh, the girls in my dorm would 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 let me have some of their care packages if I taught them some self defense moves and some, some fitness moves and and did a little Shakespeare. So that kind of combination kind of kept me fed. Right, so, okay. Uh, that's, that's that's really what really did it, and I was very hungry, and I just really wanted something to eat, and uh, that's that's what started me off. Honest to God, when I got to Washington. Oh man, that's awesome! And then you also then you started Marie. Then you started, if I because I I finally remember we started. Uh, I was one of your early on assistants when you first started your uh, your uh, fitness classes. I remember that. I remember yeah. we uh, we did it right yeah, there, yeah. Meridian. I, I, Right. I went to bed, uh, you know, again, hungry again, and I said, you know, what can I do to, to utilize martial arts and fitness and acting, you know, as an 18, 19-year-old kid in, in a city I've never been in? And so as I rested that night, uh, interestingly enough, I just started dreaming. And uh, I stayed on the eighth floor at the time. I believe Mike stayed on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. And I woke up with the acronym UMAC. And then I ran down to Mike's room and I said, Mike, you Mac, you Mac. And I remember he said, he said, what you on crack? <laughs> and it was like, like I, three I, o'clack I, in the morning or something. Like you were like, you right, Mac. I, no, I said, universal martial arts club. Why don't I start a club? And that way I can charge people uh, and then I can eat. So that was the genesis. We started off as universal martial arts club. We later became Universal Martial Arts Center as a corporation in Washington, and then we became uh, took that to today being UMAC World, where we're a, a full service. Uh, we are a gifted school. We're a gifted day school academy, and uh, in the summertime we're camp, and then we have buses and vans, and we pick up 
senior citizens as well as kids. Anybody who wants to exercise and uh, get in shape and learn how to protect themselves. Uh, and the newest addition has been our cafe. Not only can you come and learn to protect yourself, but you can also, uh, you know, have some vegan food and some vegetarian food and learn good eating habits. But if you're not into vegan food, we got regular hot dogs for everybody else. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Know, we, we got we got some re- fun food and fit food for everybody. So and, that's uh, the another portion is we have a full service cafe bar. That's awesome, brother. That's because awesome, I, I I I really love that story. When you did come in, because actually it was two things. It was you, Mac, and then you, um, Revolutionary Warrior. There was a play, because uh, Juan is also, uh, he was he's a writer. So he said, Mike, I got these two ideas. And remember, this is three, he's a Universal Martial Arts Club. And I was like, well, you better club your ass out of my room. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, bro. I'm tired. But then I sat there, and we listened, and he gave me the storyline. And he said, Mike, and I also have this movie, Revolution, uh, excuse me, play. And he wrote this, you wrote, remember you wrote the play, which you put up also, which was kind of unheard of at the time in Howard, which was pretty cool because they, that's one thing about Howard. It like, it, 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 it fostered your creativity. So you were on the, the professional, as far as entrepreneurial side, as well as the acting side. So you were uh, testing both waters that, which was, which was great. Now in that, in doing, yeah. Yeah. And doing, and now in doing that. When you were, because uh, you're originally from St. Louis, right? You originally yeah, from St. Yeah. Louis, and even then, even before you started in, uh, you know, building your your empire up in uh, D.C., Silver Spring, Maryland area, and all of that, you had a few. Uh, one of the youngest kids to actually uh, not only be a sensei but actually have a school in St. Louis. Yes, yes. Actually, I started martial arts uh, maybe you know eight or nine years. Uh, of age and I really took to it and uh you know I started uh you know I used to trade marbles uh with kids in the evening after a martial arts class but one day some kids came in said look well I don't have any marbles to to trade but you know I'll give you two dollars if you teach me how to do some karate kicks and uh that two dollars went to four dollars and after a while I didn't want marbles anymore (laughs) smart kid so So, uh, you knew right away right yeah, so I was featured on television as being one of the youngest entrepreneurs. Uh, I did it in my dad's church, uh, uh, who lived to be 101 years old, and I started in this basement of his church, but I would teach kids karate and martial arts in the neighborhood, and uh, it just began to be a really positive thing to uh, teach kids martial arts. And so growing up in Missouri and then moving to Washington, D.C., all those uh, experiences kind of meshed together, and that's when that play of revolutionary warriors happened i think it was in 1992 when malcolm x was coming out and mm-hmm. you know it was, it was a lot of pride going on and and uh, it just was a time and i just wanted to get out what my my upbringing was in, in theater so uh, i heard of richard wesley and james wright and august wilson and we were studying all those people and i said you know well i can write too so i wrote uh revolutionary warriors and i'll never forget i wrote the part uh for mike which was uh, i believe his name was um uh Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and it was it was actually the first play to be performed, written, directed, produced, and starred in by a freshman in the ETS, the environmental theater space that was then was just an abandoned room. So 
it was the first play ever performed at Howard University in that in that space. Right, and that space was actually just new. It was I think it was just built at that time. It was like just yeah. brand spanking new. Yeah, and any no player has been in there. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. And Marcus right, right. Marcus was loosely based, or maybe not loosely, but seemed completely based on Juan and his uh, his fight within the school. Because at that time in St. Louis, you know. It, like unfortunately, like every place else, you know, there was racist tendencies and biases to try to keep young black men down, and try not to realize who they were, uh, as just as a human being and as a person. And uh, that's one thing that I came from it. Just how to speak up for yourself, because there was one line. Of course, it's a famous line, but then you put it, of course, in your play. You know, uh, you stand up for something, or uh, you have to. Uh, what was it? Stand up for something, or you'll fall down for anything. Uh, uh, or you fall, fall for anything. Or, or you fall for yeah, anything. Yeah, and that yeah, was. And, a, that, and I believe ultimately, ultimately that was, uh, you know, Benjamin Elijah Mays, and he said it first, and then Martin Luther King said it second. Yep. Uh, who knows where it first started, but it made its way into the play. Yeah, I know. Uh, I right. I think I thought it was Tupac. My fault. I thought I just that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Ingram was. I like, yo, Pac is, oh, he's spitting lyrics. But it was a beautiful thing, brother. No, right. it was, and then you went from there, St. Louis, and started out. And, and it was interesting, just to go into your family background a little bit. Um, you, who, and when we always talk, you said how your father was such an influential part in being the person, because you have basically, uh, you, you have, uh, I think, 10 brothers and sisters, right? Yes, there's ten of us all together. Ten of us, yeah. So you, this is why uh, uh, Juan is close to a baseball team right now. Uh, uh, and this is because his father had such a, a strong impact in his life. Matter of fact, I think Juan, I think she just got pregnant again. That's how quick Juan worked. This man is amazing. Uh, but this, your father, who's who, God bless him, 101. He lived to 101 years old. How much of an impact did he have in your life, and not only just your uh, professional, but your personal life? If I can uh, quote Ruby Diet and uh, and her husband at Malcolm X funeral, they said Malcolm was our manhood. You know, my father was. You know, I saw him as a giant. You know, spiritually, physically, he was a man that, above all things, was always there. So kids don't do what we say all the time, but they always do what we do. So I don't take credit for anything that I'm doing in my life right now. I'm just imitating the man who I saw do things the most. And so I really uh, believe in male role models and soul models. It's not just imitating the role, but my dad's soul was incomparable. His effect on generations of people who, when they spoke at his funeral, they say, your dad is why... You know, I rehabilitated my life because he didn't say anything to me. It's just the things that I saw him doing. So when I was on George Avenue all those years teaching martial arts, I, I you know, I was really ch- challenging myself and struggling. But young men 10 years later who were little kids said, you know what, I got in some trouble and went to jail. But when I got out, I saw you were still teaching martial arts. And I said to myself, I need to straighten myself out and do something positive. Mm. So that I, you, it shows you you can influence people whether you're conscious of it or not. But I, I believe male, strong male influence is the most vital role uh, in, in, in our society today if, if it's effectively imitated. And that's what I saw from my father. 
That's a beautiful thing, brother. That's a, and that and that I, I and just like you said so eloquently, it gave you the genesis or the the foundation to start your 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 uh, your your facility and the universal martial arts world. Um, and also um, your mother, who uh, God bless her soul, is no longer with us. But she also, what was her impact in your life as you know, far as? I Sure. I, I had a um, I had a, a praying father, and I had a loving, loving mother. You know, her her love uh, just made you feel like you just always can get up again. And I really realized why boys are so close to their mother because that love is is just um, you know it's unconditional. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's it's said to be agape love if, if it doesn't stop, and it's it's, it's God's love, but. You know, she had an incredible, um, you know, she's part Chattaw Indian, and they said my mother could see things. And, you know, she always just said whatever it is that she wanted, and that thing eventually uh, happened. Uh, she was considered very lucky. She won uh, the, har you know, betting on the horses three or four times. She wasn't an avid gambler or anything like that. <laughs> but people would try to, try to take her out for an event. <laughs> She would guess who which horse was going to win. She'd say, I like that one, and I like this one. <laughs> so she was everybody's favorite person for going out gambling, but an incredible woman, part Chattaw Indian. Uh, I believe a little bit of that is in me, and uh, I knew that Mike was going to be successful, Mike Estimate, years before anyone else. He did. In fact, I remember particularly a, a particular event. I don't know if we were in Hampton, Virginia, or if we were in our dorm, but somewhere I, I actually tried to tell everybody what was going to happen in their future. And from Eric Robeson to Taraji, I, I literally, I even told one person, I said, and you are going to be a security guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember that because the worst part about it was I laughed so hard. You had like a weight bench and I had it between my yeah. knees and I laughed so hard. I busted my head on the weight bench <laughs> and there was like blood trickling down. Like, yo, Mike, wasn't that funny? I was like, dude. You just caught me off guard because you had all these positive things to say. You, you're going to be great. You, you are going to shock the world. Mike, you will make people laugh from here to to Egypt and beyond. And then you look at the other brother and said, you, I worry about you. I think, I said, what? It was just, it was like, my, it just came out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah. And it just, it just caught me off guard. But that's true. That's true. And not that he had to stop there, but that's that's where he made you know he, that's what I saw at that time. But I'll tell you, you know, if you really study, um, you know, uh, different uh, religions and cultures, you know, Mike, you may want to get into a little bit about your background and and uh, what it's like uh, 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 to be Haitian, because you know everybody was whether he knew it or not was inspired by Mike because Mike didn't know how to stop. <laughs> he didn't know how to quit or, or, or slow down. And, you know, he, he just, you never, you saw a lot of things with a lot of people, highs and lows, but Mike almost never got sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, if you remember, I'm like, Mike, you know, what, 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 what vitamins are you on? Because I think the world needs that because, he was such a motivation uh, for people continuing what they did because when other people would faint, 
Uh-huh. Mike would still work the comedy club. Uh, Mr. Henry's, he would still yep. work out. You never heard him complain. Wherever he was at, he was working. And, and it was just inspirational. So it was. It goes way beyond the things that I was doing at Howard. Uh, Michael was one of the original movers and shakers that shaped the fine arts department in Washington, D.C. and Howard University at that time. I appreciate the kind words, brother. Dang. Oh, man. Your check's in the mail. I appreciate you, dog. Uh, not that you need it. Uh, but nonetheless, man, no, but I appreciate it, fam. I appreciate it. And the same here with you, which is why I have you on the show. And uh, and also uh, getting back to um, your family, uh, now your mother, your father. And one guy that I really, really left an impression on me to this day is your big brother, Joel. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, I, I, I tell you, I still remember it was in your dorm room in Meridian. And let me just give everybody out there just a, a great picture of this brother. He comes in, got snakeskin boots on, snakeskin boots. I've never seen a, a black man with cowboy boots on, but he was cool as hell. And he comes in with a hat and he came in to visit Juan. And then I was like, so, and, and he's sitting there and he, you know, he's sitting in the chair and he whipped up his leg on, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, our brothers do, like they put it up on his knee. And I was like, sir, uh, how do you, how did you, uh, you know, what did you do to create this fortune? Because he's very successful, a very successful businessman himself. And which a lot of people in Juan's family are aside from Juan, because Juan is the baby. And he, I mean, and he said something to me. He's like, well, you know, and you said this too, Juan. You said, well, you know, I was in St. Louis and he goes, every man has a, uh, chooses a hill to die on. And I just didn't choose to die on that hill because he's not from St. Louis. He's, he's living somewhere else. But he's, he, that's his home. Wow. And he go, and I remember you yeah. said this to me. He said, Mike, and he goes, and then he told me the same thing. Cause, and you said this all the time. He goes, Mike, every man has a hill to die on. And you got to choose what hill you want to die on. If you want to be... If you want to be regular and just be uh, uh, by yourself, uh, the same thing without any progress, be comfortable. You know that's the that's the disease of progress. You got to move on, man. You got to keep going because that's where it comes into that point of you saying, you know, you see things and when you visualize them and you dream them, then you make those dreams a reality. So that's what influenced me about your brother Joe because he kept saying, yeah, you can't. Every man chooses a hill to die on. You can't. You can't, you know, it depends on what hill you want to be on. You want to be the hill where people remember you? Or you want to be the hill like, oh, he was nice and just average. You know, and that's what pushed me. You know, and is that, and, is that, and, there, and I see that your brother did it because you, you used to say that to me all the time. All the time. And I, 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 other times I'd be like, man, you better shut the hell up with that. Man, stop that, bro. I, I don't right. feel like this. And at times when I was down, and you would say that to me all the time, which I appreciate. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it's... They're finding out uh, through uh, scientific study that in order to become an expert at anything, it just takes any one individual doing it 50,000 times. Mm -hmm. And they say if you do something that repetitious, uh, you can't help but live it as a lifestyle and be almost the absolute best at it. But most people never reach 50,000 because they get discouraged somewhere right around 20, 30, or 40,000. So what you're really listening to on this program is, you know, Mike Estimate must have doubled and tripled that. You know, Juan Davis may have come close to that number. And, yeah, my brother, but it's a simple thing, you know, to find something you love and make your passion uh, your make 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 your passion your, your profession. And uh, I simply liked uh, exercising and spending time with my family, and that's why 
what I do today is, you know, I have theater uh, inside our, our, our school every uh, month or so. We have a new play that's written to help escalate what's going on in the community to a new level for kids to have positive and better behavior. And, you know, uh, if you act like something, then, you know, you might, you might become that. So I have all the kids act positive roles and, and, uh, you know, it's a tough play to do because there's no antagonist, you know, it's, it's hard to have a, you know, in, in Lion King, they had, you know, there was Mufasa, the protagonist, and then the antagonist was Scar. Right. So in my plays, that's always a challenge because I don't want to make any of the kids the bad characters. <laughs> they might do that for life. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, no, nah, not as long as you're there, brother. Go ahead. That's beautiful. Right, so, so, uh, so we just, we have a lot of conflict within the play, but at the end we have them all make up and talk talk their problems out. So it's very therapeutic, and uh, we call it uh, martial arts theater. Uh, martial arts theater, and it's, it's fun, man. It's, we, we get to kick each other in the face and then make up. <laughs> okay. <That's, laughs> all in the same All in the name of Jesus. I kick you in the name of Jesus, and then we'll pray for your quick recovery. <laughs> That's beautiful, and that's right. uh, that's a that's an interesting point. That's a um, a nice segue that I wanted to address to you. When you because you work you work with uh, many many children, and uh, and your um, your 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 staff works with many many children. What is the main philosophy of your program of universal martial arts world? Balancing out. Uh, violence or, or defending yourself because you know a lot of kids you, you know when they get martial arts and when they feel, feel invincible they just want to kick everybody they want to fight everybody and this and that between sure. uh, a, a negotiation we, we're talking it out how do you and what is your philosophy uh, in your uh, in your service or in your corporation in your uh, in your uh, martial arts center what do you what do you stress you know it's it's interesting um Universal Martial Arts Center, UMAC World, we, we really stress um, building confidence and building discipline. So the way that that happens, you know, I, I have 13-plus black belts in karate and various other styles and systems, but during my uh, years at Howard, I wanted to create a style that could mirror the reflection of an average kid from our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And in that, I created, uh, uh, you know, and Mike was one of the first instructors of what I call UMass Mocha, Universal Martial Arts Study of Oneness. Yes. And all that it says is that we're trying to get better spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. And uh, that is the tenets, those are the four tenets, spirit, mind, body, and finance of, of our style, UMass Mocha. So we, our goal is to help everyone to become confident and more disciplined to work every muscle to the max. If you work your spiritual muscles to the max, it makes you a better person. So we have ways that we practice doing that. We work our mental uh, muscles to the max, and we have ways to do that where kids recite their academics and languages, and we count in various, uh, various uh, dialects. So that's how we work our mental muscles. Uh, our physical muscles, it's obvious that we do jumping jack sit-ups, push-ups, forms, and all the things in martial arts to make us strong, and that's how we work our physical muscles. Uh, but last but not least, even in Africa, at the beginning of time, a father had to give to a son, this is what we do well as a family. So we offer you a product, a service, or a talent 
that you can sell to the world. And that's what we try to teach at UMAC World Universal Martial Arts Center, that the fourth tenet is finance, that we like to be empowering on a financial level. And so kids, uh, you know, it's way beyond lemonade stands. I mean, I have kids who are teaching coding to each other. Mm. I have kids who teach basketball lessons. I have kids who are expert at robotics. I have children who can build a computer from scratch. And they teach other children and teenagers how to do this, and uh, they do it as a business. So whatever their love, passion, or interest is, uh, our philosophy is to help you to gain confidence and through that confidence have discipline control of yourself. Most men, if they're in jail, if they're in trouble, they're not in trouble but by two things. Someone, they just couldn't control some addictive behavior. Mm -hmm. So that's what martial arts does, is it teaches you confidence and it teaches you discipline, and that's something you need where whether you're one years old or 101, and that's what we like to do, is confidence and discipline through our unique uh, homemade style called UMass Mojo, in which you know, uh, uh, Mr. Mike Estimate is a founding member. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's a founding member because he taught as one of the original uh, contracts given by uh, the mayor of the city at that time where they gave 70 of the worst children uh, and their behavior and said, look, if you can mainstream this group, you know, we'll give you all the contracts for all the children in the city. And it was me, Mike, and I, I don't forget what the other... Brian. Name His was. name was Brian. I remember. Brian. Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian, I remember and, and, his eyes were very. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we talk about shifty eyes. His brother's eyes was going left to right. We be talking to him. We like, what's what's wrong with you? You on something, man? What you on meth? Yeah, I remember that because he right, was shift because yeah. he had like a nervous spasm in his eye because he looked like he looked like an owl. You know, how an owl's eyes could turn all the way around. <laughs> it was one of those type. And right. and full disclosure, I almost uh, uh, single handedly destroyed you at UMass Moja. Because apparently I had to uh, practice my discipline. If Juan remembers this, uh, we were in with the kids. Remember this, Juan? And one of yeah, the kids, yeah. And one of the kids was acting up, and because uh, Juan was trying to uh, teach some uh, uh, um, a, a lesson or uh, uh, talk to the kids, and one of the kids was acting up, and I grabbed one of the kids just to sit him down because we acted as somewhat security or just a. Um, uh, a, a, a sound wall for the kids to talk to if we wanted to. And it was, we're not supposed to touch the kids at this point. And apparently I was having a bad day. And uh, I put my hand on one of the kids and he wanted to get up. And I'm, I, I look like I'm choking. <laughs> I look like I'm choking the boy. And uh, the people, uh, the, the, the instructors or the teacher outside of this, that doesn't look right. He's crying. And Juan was so smooth like, no, this is part of our program. He's fine. That is just called the... He's crying because he's now emoting emotion, what Mike is trying to do. But literally, I was trying to hurt this boy. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was, yeah, you know, by, by today's standards, you would have been well within your rights as a, as a teacher. <laughs> right, exactly. But today, exactly. <laughs> a lot worse. So Mike was just trying to hold him down yeah. in a unique yet tough yet vital way. I think they call it a sleeper. I think they call it a sleeper because I think I was putting the boy in a sleep chokehold. I was like, before MMA triangle and Juan was like, uh, Mike, you can't be, uh, how do I put this? Choke the kids. <laughs> like, oh, uh, and then, I, of course, yeah. me all defensive. Choke him. I wasn't choking him. He was fighting. It was my, not my fault that my hand went around his throat and he couldn't breathe. Uh, I was like, oh, 
But yeah, but it it taught me from that point on. And then Juan spoke to me like, Mike, I understand. Look, you and yourself have to take a step back and realize that these and these were uh, inner city youth that we were working with, which which was the best thing, yeah. right? It was inner city youth, and these and these weren't like with some uh, these weren't some uh, you know oh just oh yeah they had a few run-ins. No, these kids were pretty much thrown to the side, rejected. I remember. And, yeah. that, and that was that yeah. was that was powerful, brother. And and we didn't help all of them, but we did help some, the the few and the few that we helped are not productive members of society, yeah. which is great. Well, well, I want you to know I followed up with those kids. You wouldn't believe this, but you know, eighty five percent of those kids worked as DC public school teachers. Wow! Oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. There is records of names, and you know, because of the internet, you can go and just Google. So I found the name list, and I went into the archives. And most of those kids, because of the work that we did, are now teaching in the school systems and are principals and vice principals. So they have totally turned their life around because of that program. We, we can consider that the original Scared Straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm so, I'm surprised they didn't call security guard. I'll be right. We were scaring them straight, even though. Yeah, we use drums to connect with them through go go. Yep. And we use, uh, you know, African kente cloth robes to, for symbolism. Uh, but most of all, uh, we were the first program. Uh, these kids were so notoriously uh, mischievous that nothing worked until we pulled. I pulled out dollar bills one day. And paid them to be still. No, no. And what I found out is is that they all would be still if they could compete in a being still contest for money. And that, to this day, became the first. Uh, uh, you know, today they pay kids to get good grades in school. You can get a check from the government if you get a certain GPA in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, our, we we had been doing that since the early '90s. Yep. And ultimately. We didn't have a whole lot of money to give to the kids. I probably a whole summer I may have given thirty or forty dollars. But what those kids told me is, we were hungry. Mm. We we were not misbehaving because we were bad. We just hadn't eaten. And so since then, and I want to give a shout out to Feeding America, as well as the Capital Food Bank. And today we are an authorized feeding center for children. Any child in Washington, D.C. that is hungry can always come to our address in Tacoma Park and George Avenue and have a free meal at any time of the day. And that was because of the work that Mike Estime and myself and others did back then. So we, we thank, you know, uh, the, the, the contributors to we are a 501c3 organization, uh, tutoring cafe, and we basically educate and give kids food. And we found out that they act a lot better. Kids just want to eat like everybody else. In fact, hey, I'm a little grumpy if I don't have my breakfast. Hell yeah, we get hangry. I see. I feel you. Yeah, my, I mean, I almost <laughs> I almost uh, reverted back to the early 90s, choked my other boy. I was like, what, what the heck's wrong with you? I was like, oh, yeah, you didn't eat this morning. My bad, my bad. And then and they found out that I was hungry, too. So we both hangry. I'm just, I'm just stronger than him. So uh, I understand what you mean, man. It was, it was, it was a great... Um, learning lesson it was a great opportunity because i think about that every now and then i'm like wow and i and i'm glad you gave that report because i would wonder you know what's up with those kids because one thing that i i realized and one thing that I, I learned so much is that kids just want you to to feel like they they are valued 
you. And that's one thing that I got from them because at the end of that program and when we were about to leave, they'd be like, oh, uh, uh, like so I remember some of the kids say, are you, are you going to come back? Are you coming back? Even though as bad as the heck they did work, because I remember they broke your rain stick. And I remember you about to lose it at one yeah. point. You'd be like, Mike, they broke my rain stick. <laughs> Because he brought in your Indian rain stick trying to make it. And they were trying to, like, play some go-go or play baseball. And they broke it. And they were like, Mike, uh, I'm about to lose it. I'm like, Juan, Juan, hold on now, bro. Let's not go down this dark path, man. Come on. Let's let's go down. Let's, right. So we, we, you know, we had to take a breath. But it was uh, it was a really cool experience. And uh, and I'm glad that it, it transformed and evolved into what you, you envisioned, as you, as you said, uh, as you thought in your mind, and, and so it was, and so and and so it was, and so it, yeah. say it was so, and it yeah. is now. Yeah, our goal today, we have five uh, locations nationwide, and and we're just into community building. We work with kids and seniors the most, but ultimately it's a family program. And our goal is that everybody has a healthy meal, and that everybody is fit so they can live longer. And uh, two out of three Americans in their lifetime will be assaulted, uh, and it's a mathematical certainty that it's good if everyone knows how to protect themselves. Of course. So, uh, through, our, yeah, through our nonprofit agency, uh, Tutoring Cafe, uh, you know, we accept donations for parents to uh, and, and families to invest in this nationwide mission of, of kids getting smarter as well as healthier, and we call it Tutoring Cafe, and we're, we're uh, by the... Uh, the IRS are a, a 501c3 uh, non-profit uh, organization. So we are giving back to our communities in, in tremendous ways because kids kids need us. They don't always do what we say, but they always do what we do. So if we can lay the foundation for greatness, uh, incredible things can happen. And just as you said, Mike, value, if they feel that they have something of value, then that is the most encouraging thing uh, that can change their life is if they feel uh, confident. So that's what we try to do. And, and, and had it not been for mentors like Mike and others, that's why I'm still recruiting the nation's top mentors, and I call it the Mentor Dream Team, so that they can still wear the badge of honor and represent greatness in our community. They're always kids that are going to need it. Excellent, excellent. And I wanted to also... Uh, not ju- uh, with all that positivity, there is a, not, not just, of course, the learning and the coding and the confidence and the and the defense of the Universal Martial Arts Center slash Universal Martial Arts World. Um, I just wanted to ask, do you still have the spring break uh, for UMAC? Is, there, is, is that still happening? Because I remember uh, there, uh, that's all I need to know because... Um, I might want to, uh, uh, I'll probably edit this out, I don't know, but I might want to buy a ticket by myself uh, just to come, you know, just to help out. Um, yeah, you know, you, you, you know, it's funny. We just, we were so serious. We were so uh, focused on being successful. But, you know, we found out that if we brought people together and had a fun time on the beach, uh, that it might it might take away the strain of our long day. So, yes, we are now in the... Uh, in the 30th plus anniversary of now what we call uh, Beach Fest in Jamaica. So we do Beach Fest in Jamaica and we do Beach, beach Fest in Brazil, but it is our own custom uh, rejuvenation week. We do it for uh, colleges, for spring breakers, and we do it for 
uh, adults, and we do it for almost every everybody comes down, and we do it two two times a year. So uh, yeah, we're still doing our 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 week of rejuvenation and fun. Bring out your family, your friends, or just whoever you like having fun with, and and we just uh, come upon that island and have a good time with with food, fashion, friends, and and uh, and fitness. That's beautiful, man. And I, I'm just and, uh, to my wife. I'm just kidding, baby. I would bring you. Don't worry about that. I'm just playing. Um, but that's good, man. No, that's that's awesome. And I wanted to know: um, Are you do your kids also do they help out, or uh, do they go through the Universal Martial Arts Center slash Universal Martial Arts World training, uh, uh, dealing with uh, schooling as uh, of course defense, but schooling? Do you because you're so busy and you know you have many kids at this point? Do you have uh, either? Uh, your own private tutoring? Do they actually go to school? How do you manage that uh, uh, family-wise? You know, it, it's really simple. My life is really simple in that uh, the kids, you know, we, we tried public schools, uh, pri and we tried private schools. We had our kids in Montessori schools and in Catholic schools. Now, no disrespect to any of those uh, educational spectrum, but they just weren't for us. Uh, mm -hmm. I was just sensitive to my kid not being loved the way I thought he should be loved or not being focused on or having strengths that weren't brought out. And so uh, my wife and I decided to homeschool. Mm -hmm. Now, I was afraid of homeschool because I didn't want to be at home all day with my kids. <laughs> so <what we> <laughs> Same here, bro. I, got I know where it's going. I know. I feel you. But what, what we did is we basically used our studio the homeschool facility and we found other parents who had the same interest so we all got together and we hired teachers and learning coaches and we have a shortened day our kids day is only four hours long but they have my kids scored near per perfect scores on many of the academic achievement tests that kids in regular schools or private schools couldn't even perform that great so what we do is uh You know, we call it the Gifted Academy uh, or Tutoring Academy. And basically, we are a full-service uh, private school uh, in the District of Columbia. And it's a great idea because kids not only get ed education, but they get the discipline for martial arts. And they get to learn about the sights of Washington, D.C. and all the, all the wonderful things the city has to offer. And, And uh, my wife and I have a lot of help. Uh, I'm never really there, but in the morning for an hour. And then I get on, uh, you know, go to New York or Philly, or I go and, and work with my foundation. So I see my kids pretty often, but uh, they're absolutely brilliant. They're doing what they love. So we like the Montessori schools for showing us how to, um, how to focus kids on what they're really good at. So I, I did get that from the Montessori schools. Uh, But I also like it, it has a great discipline structure. So thank you, uh, Catholic schools, for <laughs> showing us how rigid discipline can help kids learning. And um, also, uh, they also get from private schools that the best of horseback riding and unique adventures, and they get to go places because we have our own 72-passenger buses. Uh, but last but not least, I want to thank the city schools. Because uh, my son got his basketball stolen, and he had to go get it back. Oh wow! Oh man! He had to, he had to learn. He had to learn that you know uh, sometimes people take your things, and you have to go and uh, get them back, or you have to learn how to deal with conflict. So 
city schools and public schools are a good source of uh, of showing kids what life is all about. Yep. You're never going to have a, a life in which there's no conflict. So I don't believe in sheltering a kid and keeping them from the inevitable. So I think what we have is a unique combination with our, you know, uh, educational platform uh, that's beginning to be a model because what schools are noticing is how are your kids soaring so high? We're, we're making them train less amount of time and we're giving them uh, time to just be with their family. Mm. And kids need a balance of love and they need a balance of, you know, they don't need to study all day, just, you know, a proper amount of time, but they need a lot of hugs and then some exercise. Kids shouldn't be obese and not know about nutrition and health. So we do those three things and it seems to be having an impact. My seven children are, are top notch and I'm not just bragging on them, but all the children who they attend our, our private school with, they're doing so well and uh, they really love athletics and they play sports outside of school. So uh, they're really getting a good handful of what it's like to grow up with a universal uh, curriculum that we're doing at UMAC World and Universal Martial Arts Center. That's beautiful, man. That's that's awesome. I love I love hearing that, and God bless you and your family. And and before we wrap this up, brother, I I always like to um, ask all my guests, but uh, I think this particularly pertains to yourself because I have uh, personal. Like I said, we have a personal connection, and I know what you've gone through from uh, college to where you are now. Your ups, your downs, your your um, your highs and lows. But my question to you is, with all the trials and travails, what was it, and, no, and, I, and I think we, we touched on it a little bit, and what is it that you can tell folks that um, were hungry, like you said in the beginning, are hungry? Not just physically hungry, but uh, st- hunger for uh, success or hunger for spiritual wellness or whatnot. What is it that not only kept you going, but what can you give to them just to let them know that, you know, they're not alone. What is it, the tools and the fundamentals that you can give them moving forward? As far as, as, far as the tools and fundamentals, if you, you know, looking for inspiration, you know, I, I would say, you know, look no further than, you know, the man in the mirror. I want you to know that, you know, the, the greatness is in us with us and through us and for us, that the creator that created us didn't leave us alone. He left a roadmap inside us. And every day since the moment we were born, we were fighting. When we were in our mother's womb, we were fighting to get out. When we got outside the mother's womb, we were fighting to learn to, to crawl. When we were starting to crawl and tease, the, the teeth were, 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 were coming out of our gums, and it was painful, but we never stopped our progression to move forward. If we really want to find inspiration, it's already there. The Spirit has put us in a motivation to live, to have sound mind, and, and to be courageous. I mean, a kid from Howard University who grew up watching different strokes. You really want to ask what's inspirational. I would love to talk to Mike Estime's parents to, to ask them if they ever thought that one day from watching different strokes, that they'd be watching their son on TV with Todd Bridges exchanging <laughs> lines. I mean, it, 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 it blew us away. I mean, he changed, you changed in a generation to have him 
on there with Jack A and the actors. Around. I can't name them all. I, in fact, I was so late. I didn't even know. You know, I was so into martial arts, and I don't. I didn't watch much television. I didn't learn that, that Mike Astor may had a starring role on many of these shows until <laughs> years. I was until reruns. Right, right, of course. <laughs> it's I, all good, you know, brother. I, I just thought he was busy. But then I, I, one day someone said, you know, I accomplished all these goals, and I said, you know, now I'm going to start watching TV. And Mike was on there. It was a Budweiser commercial. It was a McDonald's commercial. It was everything you can imagine. So so that's, that's what's in us is that driving invisible force that says I can and I will. So uh, we, it's inside you. I say look no further than what's inside you. How bad do you want it? And if you want it bad enough, it's there for the taking. So reach for it. And if you fall, fall again. I go by this philosophy. Fail fast forward to success. And if you keep on failing and you're not afraid, success is what is next. Don't be afraid to fail because you're the next success story. That's beautiful, man. And on that note, damn. Uh, and let the church say amen. Uh, we shall pass the plate around, uh, brother. As you, and if no one knew, uh, we didn't mention this. Uh, one, like I said, Juan's uh, father was a pastor. So you can see that the pastor's coming out on him. But that was, uh, that was beautiful, man. I hope you guys um, took something out of that. And uh, and uh, before we leave, Juan, before as we say goodbye, please give your info so people can check you out. Uh, and want to get in touch with you or if they're interested in your program, real quick, please. Uh, you can reach us at uh, our email is umacjd73 uh, at aol.com, or you can go to our website that uh, uh, you can reach us at uh, umac, Uh If you can't reach us there, you can always call us at 202-387-UMAC. That's 202-387-UMAC-8622. That's been our number for 25 years. That was my dorm number at Meridian Hill Hall uh, by, 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 by precedent. But 202-387-UMAC, and we'd love to work with you and your child and your family. Uh, we're nationwide, so I'm a motivational speaker, and I, I do uh, an M book for various events around the country. I love to motivate. I love to teach. More than anything else, I love to help people's families. So whether you're a celebrity or whether you're an up-and-coming entrepreneur, I want to help you out, and we do consulting as well as motivational speaking. So reach out to us. We'd love to help you. Hey, man, all right. Thank you so much, Juan. I appreciate you, brother, as always. Love you, brother. Love you and your family. Congratulations again. And, uh, yes, this has been another episode of TMFH. And I appreciate it. Hope you, hopefully we made you laugh. We uh, took you down memory road of our past. And we made you think and we inspired you as I am inspired. We'll talk to you soon. Be well. Be loved. Be productive. Talk to you soon. Peace.